production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Uh, last week, if you remember, we started off the show with a birthday celebration of a, a wonderful sponsor of ours. Matt, I'm, I think this, this week I also want to say another a happy birthday wish. Matt, this is the 186th birthday of Hernando, the city of Hernando. The city, Hernando, Mississippi. Hernando, Mississippi. May 3rd, 1837. That was one of our facts of the week, I don't know, several, several months ago uh, over the last uh, almost three years of podcasting that we've had. That was one of our facts of the week back in the day. And so it is 186th birthday. This, we, I think we mentioned, I guess it was last May when we did this, we mentioned that the A-Fair should be a A-Fair slash semi-birthday party for the city every year. Yeah, sure. And also, city leaders, you have 14 years to... Uh, plan for the 200th anniversary. Uh, let's get started. Let's get started. What else do we have to do, Derek? Yeah, I mean, I mean let's now's go. the time. Anyway, I just want to make sure everybody's aware. May 13th is Hernando's birthday, uh, 1837. Of course, it was Jefferson originally. Uh, then, when it became a part of DeSoto County in 1836, actually deemed a town in 1837. So, just a, a wonderful, just a fact that we kind of bring it back up. But I want to say happy birthday to the city. And I also want to talk about the fact that we've uh, had our first taste of summer. Oh yeah! Um, over the last few days, and uh, just a little preview of the show, Matt. Uh, we had three teams that we're looking at in the sports section, and now we're down to two. So just a lot to get to in this show. Really looking forward to it. Absolutely, something big coming up, Derek. That you and I'll talk about here shortly. Big announcement for the UTW podcast. We'll be right around the corner in just a few moments. And you mentioned the birthday celebration or happy birthdays went out to Brian Couch uh, last week, and we never figured out. Uh, we we didn't figure out exactly what age he was, and I didn't hear it come out of his mouth. I think you estimated forty-seven. I'm gonna say forty-seven. Forty-seven. Yes. That was your estimate. That's you know. So, again, happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to the city of Fernando. Derek, that just makes too much sense to have the A-Fair tied in with the birthday celebration I mean, of Fernando. Yeah, A-Fair wasn't I mean, started that, because of that, yeah. but now that we know, hey, it's all sure. within the same week, let's let's make it happen. Do you th- I think people only know it because of us. Would you say probably that's the case? Uh, you, well, me, and Rob besides Long. Besides Rob Long, <laughs> yes, people know it because of us. That's funny. As you mentioned, our, our wonderful longtime presenting sponsor, Mr. Brian Couch with Team Couch, your Birch Realty Group, has been a uh, just a, really a godsend for me and Derek. From a sponsor standpoint, really appreciate his support uh, over the last, uh, gosh, almost coming up on three years. So we really appreciate that. If you're planning to make a move anywhere in DeSoto County or the Mid-South, you need to work with the top producing real estate team in DeSoto County for the last 13 years. They now have a combined 70 years of real estate experience, thousands of closings since 2009 on the buying and selling side, and we can go ahead and announce they've been voted DeSoto's best for the sixth time. Again, that's DeSoto's best for recently, the sixth time. It is still a good time to list your home in DeSoto County, and you want to work with the best when it comes to maximizing your profits, your selling, your asking price, all that information. Brian and Terry are going to possess the best analytics when it comes to your neighborhood, your zip code your street. Brian and Terry are going to help maximize this asset as you plan to move in or out of DeSoto County. Give them a call today, 662-449-1700. Call Brian directly on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Number of bedrooms, number of bathrooms, school zones, all the information that you want to load into their award-winning website and let their website do all the work. Give them a call again, 662-449-1700. Brian and Terry, we thank you for the support of the UTW podcast. We really, really do appreciate that. And podcast listeners, say it with me. Every home needs a couch. As you mentioned, Derek had some rain yesterday. Beautiful day here at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios. Derek, I'm going to tell you, at the Mobile Cars and Van Rental Studios, this time of year, busy, nonstop, Quote after quote, people calling us for, I had a guy, a guy called me earlier today and said, hey, I need to talk to you about a van in August. I almost broke down in tears. I was so happy that we had three months to figure out his stuff <laughs> because if he had told me it was May 17th, we'd had a big problem. But uh, luckily it was in August. So, But those are some of the phone calls that we're getting, uh, you know, youth pastors and people that are ahead of the game, but uh, some of that are coming up. And it's only a matter of time in the month of June, Derek, it's going to be nonstop people being let down by the big companies. I know it's coming and we'll do our absolute best. If you need a car, van, or truck, 
truck for an insurance claim, transmission shop issues, body shop, or mechanic shop, call us 662-469-4555, 662-469-4555. We really look forward to helping you and serving all of the Hernando community. We had vans rented as far as Jonesboro. Somebody called me yesterday uh, out of uh, Helena, Arkansas to come up and possibly get a van. So we're ready to work. Really excited about the summer and being a part of all the different travel through a number of churches all across the entire state of Mississippi. Really, we we have somebody call from two hours south of Tupelo that's going to come and rent from us. So give us a call, 662-469-4555. We'd love to be a part of your summer travel, mobile, cars, and vans. Well, Derek, we typically kick off our UTW podcast uh, since the, the turn of the new year. We would talk, and since we switched to having one show a week, we would discuss since our last show. We're going to cover that in just a minute. Look forward to covering the uh, autumn meeting that happened just the other night. But uh, a big announcement, Derek, if you'll allow me to say it, I guess. August 2020, we kicked off the UTW podcast. We uh, got together. You and I have been very close friends for a number of years, and we have been, you know, whether it be uh, friends, whether it be uh, business partners, whether it be, uh, you know, two guys that had an idea about a, a, a um, charity, a local charity, uh, you and I have uh, put our heads together and, and done some different things. And uh, that happened in August of 2020. We kicked off the UTW podcast. I, it's hard to believe, Derek, we once did three shows a week. <laughs> Uh, we, we once did three shows. We started a week. out three shows a week. We started out three was, shows uh, a week. Just mine. Well, of course, it was COVID. It was COVID. Now, now I'll say the one of the reasons I wanted to start was uh, the the UTW podcast was because uh, I mean I had no business. <laughs> you know, I had no business. I needed <laughs> well, someone to talk to and friends. And vans going out and, and zero. Yeah, yeah, zero. I can remember sitting here in the dark on a whatever afternoon and did i did not know what we were going to do what was going to happen and so when you mentioned hey what about this podcast or possibly doing something where we cover uh, hernando I, I jumped in with both feet and, and loved the idea um and it's been successful it's been enjoyable and it's been uh, almost 270 episodes probably whenever you count uh, all the different interviews that we've done and that don't even have a number right right I say all this to say this, Derek, um, well, listeners, uh, We next Thursday will be our last show in this format, in this way it is. Right. You know, we're, we're no longer going to have advertisers. We're no longer going to have a weekly show like this. Um, it's something, a decision that uh, we've made because, again, you, you can hear it from the studio advertisement that I do. If I'm recording a show and doing different things, I... I'm already, you know, checking text messages and, and stuff like that. Again, I'm not going to give excuses. I'm no busier than anyone else. However, I want to be able to give as much as I can to the podcast if that's what we're going to, going to be doing. And I felt like I haven't been able to do that here recently. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about the future in business. I'm excited about the future in, in family and, and that busyness. So next Thursday will be our last show in this format. Um, so that's our that's my announcement, our announcement, you know, to you guys, and we have loved every second of it, and really look forward to the future. But uh, right now, the UTW podcast will not be a part of that. That's right, uh, and we, we talked about this. We kind of had talked about when we, we would try to end this. We mentioned, okay, let's make it three years, let's make it to August. But as you said, for you, summer has just gotten really crazy. Uh, for me, based on changes I've made in my life, uh, with uh, kind of taking Sundays off, to be to sure. be honest, which is Sunday I used to do a lot of the, especially when we do two shows a week. Sunday was a huge day for me for gathering information, for starting to write up the script and all that kind of stuff. Uh, now, you know, down to one week, that helped. Uh, but now I'm still, you know, working, I mean, basically Monday nights and Tuesday nights, getting this ready and then having to update stuff like today, uh, Wednesday, I had to update uh, for a game last night that we'll talk about in just a minute. So always some last minute stuff like that that I'm having to do uh, either, you know, before work, at work and, and you know, I'm not as busy as I have been in other parts because of kind of where the economy is right now, but I've got a steady flow of business. Uh, we've got summer coming up, which is always hit or miss. I mean, you know, we take on vacations and stuff like that. So it just kind of seemed like a good time. I, mean, I would say either now or the holiday. Right. would have been the best time to maybe make this announcement and, and i just don't you know as you said you're busy for the summer and trying to think about taking this through december <laughs> is a long long time so um yeah i mean i think it's a good thing and we're not saying that we won't stop in from time to time we might drop an episode uh, every now and then uh if there's something important that comes up if there's a, a something important we want to talk about but we will be doing it as, as you mentioned without advertisers if we ever do something again uh that will be without advertisers and uh, you know we're not not we're not going to get down the the controversial ways we both both work and live uh, in the city, sure. so we're not trying to make enemies on one side or the other. We've tried to keep it as neutral as possible most of the time, uh, and so that's that's 
we'll always be like that if whenever we come on here. But if there's something that is dramatic that happens or something like that, not that you necessarily want to hear our take, but we will come on here and try to give our take. Uh, I will still be listening, watching uh, the the Alderman meetings sure. uh, in person. If I if there's ever anything passionate about that, I'll need to be in person. I'll be there in person. So if you ever want to stop me on the street or anything like that and want to ask, hey, what what happened last week? I'll be happy to summarize whatever part you want to hear. Um, I'll, I will still do that for my job purposes as well as just being an informed citizen. Uh, but you know, I've really enjoyed doing this. Enjoyed you know the, the partnership that we've had, and I do hate to see it coming to an end. But also, it, it will be you know nice to to remove a, a small piece of my week uh, off of my plate to be able to fill it with something else. You know, Derek, I think we look at the numbers. I mean, anywhere from three hundred to five hundred people, I feel like do a solid weekly listen to our show, especially the Alderman stuff. Mm-hmm. We've had numerous the people that I've talked to over the last week since we made our decision and since we started going in a different direction, uh, all have been very supportive. I mean, completely understand the uh, desire to, um, you know, spend a bit more time with family or spend a bit more time focusing on what pays the family bills and so forth. So they've understood that and, and been, been supportive. But again, August, 2020, we were longing for, at least I was, because again, I just sat here at the office every day and my phone never rang. Mm-hmm. So I was eager to do something like this. And, uh, and it's been, it's been a, a world of fun and, um, you know, we appreciate everyone that's going on this journey with us with the UTW podcast. We'll talk more about this next week. Maybe give a little bit of some memories, Derek, and talk about some of our favorite parts that we've had, some of the interviews that we've done. We are not leaving. We are not leaving because of internet crazies. Would you agree with that? Oh, no. <laughs> That's nothing to do with that. <laughs> Has nothing to do with internet crazy. So no, I mean, just, if, I mean, if anything, I'll, I'll tell you this. If I was making uh, my current salary doing this, like the people across the nation fun, that yes, do that, yes. I would much rather yes. sit at home eight hours a day collecting information and then record once or twice a week. I mean, there are people that make really good livings doing right. that. If that was my lot in life, if I had that type of ability, would I do that? You know, that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. That is not currently my life and no. so i do have a, as you mentioned i have a primary job that i love and i, I you know we got family i've got uh kids that are getting older and just other things you know as i age there are other experiences i want to try yep. to do so uh this just gives you kind of frees up the time to do that and also allows me to focus more on i mean i, I say get a little selfish but just using more of that time for for myself or for you know for other needs so anyway i really have enjoyed it um and but no the, the last thing i, I don't People can say whatever they want to say about me. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm completely confident in who I am, so that's not an issue. It's just this is something that uh, – I mean, this is a good stopping point with the summer. Right. And I will say this. I mean, we're not going to go in deep into our numbers, but our summer numbers have always been less. Um, I mean, after that first August, they've been less because, I mean, people are on vacation, so they may catch up. We may have a spike. You may have a, a, a couple hundred less listen one week, and then it spikes the next week because people are catching up or going on vacation and decide to listen to two of our shows on the way or something like that, which, again, we so appreciate. Uh, but so it's, it's always kind of a – uh, you know, kind of a haphazard time for everybody. And so, um, anyway, this is a, a, a good time. Memorial Day weekend. Yep, I agree. So, we'll go right into the Memorial Day weekend, which really kicks off. I've got, uh, let's see, nine vans to deliver to Christian Brothers High School on Monday for state tournaments and all that stuff. So, May 20. Spring fling. Spring fling. It really starts off my, my time. And, again, Derek and I are not going to sit there. I, well, I guess it's our microphones and our stuff, so we can kind of do whatever we want to do. So I'm just I'm, I'm I keep saying hey I'm no busier than everybody else, but at this particular time I do know some people that I'm busier than. Period. It's the <laughs> truth. It's the truth. So we've had a blast. It's been a wonderful time. Look forward to next Thursday. We'll talk about some memories and fun things and experiences we had. Never thought we'd know how to do a podcast, Derek. Um, the fact that we have done this now for almost three years and we we record it, we edit it, we make our sound sound a certain way. I've had numerous people that are more experienced than us in podcasts compliment us on how we how we make it sound. So well, and, and uh, that all started with our, our brother podcast, OB Pod. We reached out to Zach. Uh, Zach had actually been doing a separate pod, a different pod, uh, a kind of a I guess a media pod on, on television and movies uh, for years before we started ours. For you know, so he had five or seven years experience. So we he really was somebody we leaned on. We mentioned that when we started the podcast back in August of 2020. And so we you know, are forever grateful for allow uh, for him showing us how to do this, and then us kind of taking our I guess the way we what kind of like to do things, what's worked for us, uh, and uh, adding our little touches to it, and, and bring us to where we are today. 
Yeah, so that's kind of talking about since our last show. Well, since our last show, we've begun to really put some things together. I will say this. We decided this about, let's say, 10 to 14 days ago, had a meeting with somebody here locally, had a meeting with that person. And maybe if we're stopping the things right here as a podcast, as whatever, but I'm a little bit more motivated with things under the water tower, certain things that you and I aren't going to talk about to really do some things in Hernando that are pretty exciting. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, around the city outside the microphone. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, without a microphone, do some things more, uh, get our hands dirty and get our, uh, we can use our voices in a different way. Yeah. We feel that way. And I, and I do believe that. Well, I mean, that kind of takes, uh, you know, all of our since our last show episode. I will say this, <laughs> or, or at least our section of the show. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day. If you were able to see your mother this weekend, that's great. If you, Hopefully everybody called their mom and talked to them. And I, I visited with my mom, and it was just good to hear her voice, uh, of course. So happy Mother's Day to all those out there. Second, happy graduation week to so many kids. North Point, uh, Lewisburg, Hernando. I know Hernando graduates this Sunday at 3 o'clock, and I uh, look forward to going there just to support uh, some people that we know. And uh, congratulations on just a wonderful rite of passage in life. Go back to August of 2020, Derek. Those poor kids that did not get to have this in April and May of 2020. Terrible. Makes me so angry and frustrated and um, just a total disservice. That's We have youth group tonight as we record on Wednesday, and I'm going to remind those seniors tonight and those kids that sit sitting there, you started out, that was your freshman year that was yep. taken from you. You get to experience all the things at the Lander Center, the parade, all that stuff. You get to experience that, and those kids just happily, you know, they, they basically were just patted on the back and said, all right, good luck. I know. See, it's, you know, it's, it's still it's such just, a, such yeah. a, just a, so just sad. a sad. I mean, it's just a sad part of history. To be yeah. honest, it's a sad part of history. Of course, absolutely, no doubt. Well, speaking of sad, Derek, <laughs> <laughs> whoever had to sit through the alderman meeting on Tuesday might have said they had a sad time. I'm kidding, of course. But go ahead and tell us about the second alderman meeting in the city of Fernando for the month of May. What you got? Well, Matt, this was the, I guess, now that it's, we've officially announced it, our, this was my last Alderman meeting to watch for the UTW podcast. Gotcha. As I mentioned, I will watch it uh, for my job and just for knowledge, so if you ever want to ask me. But uh, it does feel sometimes like a Sisyphean task to watch the Alderman meeting. It is, um, But I will say, this one was only an hour, an hour and three minutes, so there have been some that are you know two and a half hours long. Uh, this one was just an hour and had a uh, you know pretty. They added one thing to the uh, the current excuse me the original agenda wasn't anything too seriously. Uh, so the mayor started the uh, the meat of the meeting discussing their trip to Washington. The main purpose of the trip was to ask Congress for funding for money for I fifty five from Goodman to Hernando, but for Hernando specifically, asked Senators Cindy Hyde Smith and Roger Wicker for money for the Green Tea Sewer Project. For those of y'all that don't know, Green Tea Subdivision, the country club basically was taken in years ago by the city, and one of the promises the city made to that area was hey we're going to get you sewer well there's still most of those larger lots are still on septic tanks wow okay and so that that's a obviously a huge undergoing and so they're asking for that money uh the mayor said that they seemed open to it the, the, their staff actually mentioned it was already on the senator's list of projects and that he had been playing phone tag with one of the staff members about it since the trip Alderman Piper mentioned that Cindy Hyde Smith is on the Infrastructure Committee under the Appropriations Committee so that it is a good committee for uh, what our county is requesting. Now, the people that made this trip are the mayor and the two aldermen from each city. Uh, that was Wicker and, and Piper for us. And then, so, of course, so Olive Branch had their mayors, South Haven, Wall, uh, Hernando Walls, and then two, uh, two aldermen with that. The Board of Supervisors and Jim Flanagan. This group has done this for 25 years, and it helped get I-69 and 269 funded. It helped to get the Mackinville uh, Interchange funded and the countywide sewer project, the, the, what we now call Decrua. Uh, it was all set up by them going to Washington asking this money over the last you know, two and a half decades. No, so they, it does they, have some effect. They got the sewer project done for the county, not the country club. Not the country club. No, no, no. <laughs> that was still – They carved them out. <laughs> we're just, hey, we're would, just going, real quick. Hey, we're the, not going to run pipe this way. This sewer project, would that be known as a brownfield project? Mm. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's terrible. Hey, I, I'm running out of time. I only got two shows left. Hold on, hold on. We got to keep the dad let, let jokes look, going. That might have been item number two on the list. Oh my gosh! There we go. Go <laughs> there ahead. We go. Keep going. Okay. Keep. Hey, like I said, our time's running. We got to. <laughs> we got. We got a quota to meet for dad jokes. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one. We're going to skip the personnel and donations docket. The next one is a request from the Nesbitt Water Association for an ingress egress easement at the fire station property on Highway 51 to access a new elevated water tank behind the fire station. So Mark Harris, the president from the Nesbitt Water Association, has been awarded a grant for a new water tower the property is behind the number two fire station in nesbitt it would be a 30 foot ingress egress from the north part of the property and the water would help nesbitt and north hernando 
that this, the new water tower, uh, those are the areas that it would help. The road would run behind the current animal shelter. The road would be graded and potentially paved, and the city asked for a wrought iron fence to match what is city code now. The Water Association is up against the clock and could lose the grant since their primary location for the water tower was turned down by the FAA. So I guess it must have been some kind of fly zone that did not allow the, the, the their primary site that they wanted to be approved. The mayor mentioned the city would have to apply uh, for a curb cut from the state off of Highway 51. The mayor also said that just a maintenance road, as just a maintenance road, it should be granted from the state. He didn't, he's already contacted them, and they didn't see much of an issue of getting that approved. Alderman Miller made a motion with the caveat that all expenses would be incurred by the Nesbitt Water Association, including all engineering fees and the fencing it was approved unanimously, so now be looking for a new water tower to start construction over the next year or two right there uh, behind the number two fire station. Do you think the person, uh, it, is that a paid position or a volunteer position, the person who runs the Nesbitt Water Association? You know, I mean, is that, question. So, that, that almost sounds like punishment. I would hope there's some type of stipend. <laughs> Come on. Because that is a lot. Free water? Can yeah. we give the guy free water? Yeah. I mean, seriously. If he's paying for water, paying for his water I'd be bill. furious. I hope that guy. At least give, you can at least give him a water bill. Yes. I, yeah, you I have, yes. Your water I hope he has a pond in front of his house that runs all the time. <laughs> just, just a fountain. Just, that's his salary. Just a fresh water spring. There that's you go. his salary. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, there was a, a request for the final plat. I'm not going to really go into this. Uh, the final five, there was a, a phase 13 of five lots in the Nesbitt Industrial Park. This is uh, basically the, the current industrial park you see right there off of Nesbitt Road next mm-hmm. very close to the gin um, they added five more lots this is the final plat for it uh, there will be a couple more phases after this uh, but this is the the current phase for their I guess putting five more lots on the tax roll there was no discussion it was approved as presented hey before we finish the podcast and it officially ends next week is animal shelter open speaking mm-hmm. of the industrial park is it open I don't think so oh, wow. okay I don't think so I think okay. it's close <laughs> I think it's close. You know what? So hang on. We, to, we that, had that a three-year run. We had a three-year run on a podcast, and that and they they could not approve it and finish. Well, it, it, it may happen. I'm not, not going to give up. <laughs> maybe my next Thursday. You know, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll have week. the answer for you. There next you go. Thursday. That's that's we'll part have of the show. Next Thursday. Uh, the next one was a first revision to lease summit lot five B. This was a request for final plot approval um, for the five lots of one common open space. Uh, for ten, of 10 total acres. This is the land across from the Toyota. Had a lot of issues. There's a mini storage approved there. Mm-hmm. So this is the PUD uh, that, uh, that is allowed for a mini storage on it. The revision is to open up an extra lot since the mini storage was moved to the easternmost corner as discussed and approved when it was allowed. So that lot was split in two next to the retention pond. So this is why this is coming up again, because they're actually added another lot. Austin, the city planner, also recommended that the three most western lots have one shared access point off of McInville Road. So there would only be one curb cut. Alderwoman Ross expressed concern to even have the one curb cut off of McInville, and she would like to have see them come off the property off of Monteith. She said it would open it up to a potential wrecks with people slowing down around the curb to enter the commercial properties. There was discussion that an extra turning lane would be added for that one cut, similar to the way that Taco Bell and KFC have their turning lane, which would alleviate that issue. Buildings would be required to border McInvale, and the parking would be behind the building so you don't really see the cars from the road. With the understanding of the extra lane and the curb cut, Alderman Miller made the motion to approve it, uh, Alderman Piper and Alderman Ross voted no. It did pass four to two, however, because Alderman Wicker was not uh, at the meeting. So there was only six aldermen at the meeting. It, so it passed four to two, so that will be allowed. Okay. Next, we're moving to something I'm sure a lot of people want to know about, the uh, food truck ordinance discussion. Food truck ordinance discussion. This is the second time it's come up. Last time it was just kind of a, hey, what are we going to do? Well, hey, on, on a scale from one to ten, how much do you care about this? You said a lot of people want to know about. Scale from one to ten. I'm going to say, uh, for myself personally, yeah, for personally. Uh, I would probably say a two. A two, as in don't care about it. Right. I, I, yes. I mean, I, 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 I like them. I do like the fact that they're trying to regulate them somehow. I do I understand. Because, I mean, you have a lot of restaurant owners. You have people that uh, go to these restaurants. You have people that want to see them. Hey, you know, I want to pick up, uh, you know, like the lobster roll sometimes come here. I understand they, people. Uh, but don't those people just... They don't get permits or anything. They just they just show up, right? Right now they do, which is now about to be illegal if this is passed. Okay. And I, I mean, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. And it's more of a code thing, so we don't have them haphazardly all over the city. Uh, and also, we'll get to just a moment, that is, I guess, relevant for our neighborhood, how HOAs, how often they can have them in, in your neighborhoods. You're, so that's right. part and of it, too. Because, I mean, in today's world of social media, you could potentially say, 
I mean, they, you could announce when Hernando happens at 3 o'clock, and by the time the city even catches up, your lobsters are gone, your crawfish right. are gone, you know, whatever. So Right, and then I, did, I, did you pay the Hernando sales tax, right? I mean, how much did you steal from the other restaurants sure. that pay rent every month? That's the, all the issues that have been going on into this. All right, so we what we did was we monitored ours after Oxford. Uh, they have a very, uh, I guess, detailed one. Uh, so we took ours after all. Uh, the, the discussion was to have one after Oxford's. The citizens wanted some level of protections for the current restaurant owners, uh, but they did want them. Everybody else has talked to us you know, about this or have expressed um, – I guess, you know, interest in this, have say, look, we want it, but we want to protect our, our people that actually pay rent, have invested money into the city of Hernando. So food trucks uh, uh, under the discussion, under the ordinance that Austin has put together, would only be allowed in mobile food vendor parks. They would have to have bathrooms and trash facilities. The planning commission would have to approve wherever this vendor park is, and notices would have to be given for anyone within 500 feet that this commercial or industrial area would be set aside for a food uh, vendor park. Now, there's provision for nonprofit organizations to be able to use them at their short-term events. So if the, a church wanted to do it for a weekend, a fair uh, is a nonprofit for the Optimist Club, anything like that, would still be able to do it on a short-term basis, but for a long-term basis or any, anybody else that was not a nonprofit, it would have to be at a food park. It will limit them to commercial and industrial zones, and they would have to ask for a conditional use permit uh, in those zones, which means it would have to become uh, up before the Planning Commission and a public hearing would have to be had. It would eliminate the food trucks that currently set up on Commerce, which you were just mentioning, and that gray area that they're kind of sliding into right now, like you can come in one day, in and out, that, that gray area would go away. Now, HOAs would be allowed to do it within a subdivision in their common open space no more than once a month and no more than 12 times a year. Individual homes now could still do them uh, at their houses privately really as many times as you want to because that's seen as more of a catering. Yeah. So you're paying for it for the people that are there. You're not, you know, people right. aren't at your party, aren't going there and, and making separate sales, right? And, you know, nobody else is coming off the street to try right. to bribe that food truck. So that could be done as many right. times I've, as needed. I've paid the snowball guy $300 to fix a hundred snowballs for the kids that are at my that's house. Right. There right. you go. Got that's it. right. Uh, that would be considered more catering, as you said, not not available to the general public. All food trucks would have to have a Hernando sales tax permit. So if you're a a, a food truck based in South Haven, you can't use your sales your South Haven sales right, tax. Sure. You've got to use Hernando to be able to get them. You know our, our piece of that money coming in. Now Tina with Coffee Central was there and she spoke and she said she's very excited about food trucks. Now she is a brick and mortar a restaurant, right. uh, actually one in South Haven and Hernando, uh, and also she has a food truck that she kind of takes to. She'll, I'm sure she'll have one at the A Fair this weekend. She asked if someone can come in commercially to do the food park. Uh, the city said it would have to be done commercially because they are not going to run one. So technically, the city could put the food park together, but they're like, we're not going to worry about those bathrooms or trash. That's all going to have to be somebody with a you know a, a private enterprise is going to have to do that. We're not going to fool with it. Okay. The owner of ACs then spoke and said that the food parks are important, so food inspectors uh, can go to one section and rate them all. Right now, what he's saying, when people come in, d d can a food inspector – you know? Uh, if a mobile truck comes in right now, as you mentioned, on an eight-hour or four-hour day at Commerce, is a food inspector going by and checking that? Have they ever been checked? And so those are some of the, the concerns that he had was how do we know if that's food safe, if they're cooking it the right way, that sort of thing. Now, there seemed to be an agreement, and Austin is going to bring a formal ordinance to the meeting to the next meeting to vote on. So that's kind of where we are right now. So next meeting, he's going to put everything. There's a couple things that he didn't have written. I think he actually had 10 for the HOAs. He's going to increase it to 12. He'll have a formal proposal at the next meeting to vote to try to see if they want to vote that in. Next, there was an extra item that was added. That's why the uh, um, agenda was amended. The Crossroads subdivision wants their maintenance bond released now that the road has been put in. This is the subdivision up 51, close to Green Tea Road. Uh, they finished, I guess, their first you know layer of asphalt, and they wanted the 35,000, uh, I guess, bond released. Um, uh, Andrew Miller asked the planning department to look to increase the bonds from one year to two years going forward. The county's is two years. Hernando's is only one year. And so he said, look, I don't have an issue with this because it's currently where it needs to be. But maybe going forward, we look to increase that to two years. Austin said he would take that under advisement. That was approved. The next one was an approval to create a Parks Capital Improvement Committee and appoint Mayor Johnson, Jared Barkley, Alderman Miller, Alderman Wicker, and Alderwoman Lynch on that committee. So this will be an ongoing committee to help with the new ball fields that will be owned by the city coming this fall. And they will take input for what citizens want to see as improvements. And, of course, 
also kind of do the research to what the city can afford to do to be able to present it to the full board uh, at you know different meetings from then on out. So that's going to be your new Parks Capital Improvement Committee. Again, Mayor Johnson, Jared Barkley, Alderman Miller, Alderman Wicker, and Alderwoman Lynch. Every time they meet, it will be an open session. They will post it publicly for the, for the public to come out to make comments. The next uh, number item number 16 on the agenda was a discussion to move the city ward polling locations. This is something that's been tabled, I think, from 30 days ago. Uh, back on the agenda, wards 1 and 2 will be at the Gale Center. Wards 5 and 6 will be at Colonial Hills. So the wards 3 and 4 are still being looked at. Now, there were three or four locations that were given. Alder, Alderman Wicker, again, he was not there, but he left his comments with Alderman Miller. Uh, his preference would be for the Redemption Church in Hernando. Mm-hmm. So the Redemption Church would be where he would kind of would be good for his ward. Uh, Bruce Robinson said that he would prefer the Presbyterian Church on Mackinville be used for wards three and four. Of course, that's more that's closer to where you know obviously ward three is. Right. And so that's kind of they agreed to narrow it down to those two. Uh, the Presbyterian Church has not. Uh, taking it before their congregation. They're going to do that this Sunday. So they're going to do that, allow it to come back next time. If the Presbyterian Church agrees, if the Redemption Church agrees, they will have a discussion on those two to come up with a final location at the next meeting for the uh, wards three and four to vote with the other four wards already being set. The next one, uh, discussion on the two-hour parking limit on the square. Okay. Now this is, is there currently one? There currently is okay. one. Uh, this was passed four or five years ago. Actually, it was when the mayor, Chip Johnson, was the mayor, I guess, the last time ago. So now six years ago, five, right. six years ago. Alderman Miller said that the retailers on the square have been calling him and saying that the city is not enforcing the two-hour limit as they should, and they are becoming discouraged. They have called in the past, and nothing has happened. They've seen little to no tickets handed out and now people who were abiding by it so lawyers you know people that would come to court often they were you know the first couple years they were you know doing their part they're parking off the square they're parking at the administration building well now that they've seen that there's no repercussions they're actually now starting to park where those spots are because like if you're not going to ticket anybody why am i walking you know two three blocks do we have a for lack of i mean the good old words meter made do we have one no, and that's part of the problem mm-hmm. is there's nobody really de- designated. Uh, of course, we have a new police chief right. who you know is now going to um, – he's agreed to look to relook at the best way to handle it, maybe assigning someone their main job or main, you know, depending on what shift you're on, the main job uh, is is the, the parking enforcement. Now, these spots are only on the outside of the square. The inside of the square, those parking spots are owned by the county. Okay. These are on the, on the outside by the retailers. These are those spots. There is a two-hour limit, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. It's been in place now for five or six years unfortunately if you have parked there uh, or tried to park there there isn't there have been no really tickets handed out and so there will be going forward the mayor let the people watching know and of course now the utw podcast is letting you know that if you decide to park on the square for work or for court a ticket may be and i'm going to say hopefully will be coming your way if you stay there longer than two hours mm-hmm. the businesses want this enforced and so you know, I, I think this is really something now that especially that it's been brought to the board's attention they're going to start kind of looking at it and seeing what, what they can do is this mainly going to be i mean is this mainly going to be around certain restaurants that just stay open late and no it's only stuff. eight to five monday through oh, only yeah, eight to five, only okay, eight to five. Only eight i mean five. once once the court but I mean, mainly it's people that come in for court that sure. part they, they you know maybe they are told to show up at nine o'clock they don't go to court to 12 and they've parked there since eight yeah sure you're right and so they're taking up so nobody can go to you know one of the several shops on the square because they can't get a parking spot or they just you know i'll come back later that sort of thing um the next one was tabled from the may 2nd 2023 meeting this was the approval for the city of hernando to enter into that partnership with shelby county tennessee to get just into the phase one discussion this should have been approved last time Alderman Miller reminded everyone that this does not obligate the city to go after anything. It is only to get in the running for potential projects. It was approved with one no vote from Alderman Piper, who was the one that, again, tabled it last time. And he's the one that sits over the ward where the guy spoke at last time. So I guess he felt like he had to no, vote no, no, no. no. The expert. He's That's not right. a guy. He's yes, he was an expert. He, a self-proclaimed expert. Uh, last time, I guess that uh, Alderman Piper needed felt like he needed to vote no since it was from okay. <laughs> he was the guy. Anyway, it passed uh, five to one based on who was there last night, and then finally uh, the discussion declaring Bushelon Park on Green Tea Road as a surplus and sell. Uh, you and I kind of had a couple text chain trying to figure out where that was. Right. Uh, it's, it is over there. It's not the ball field itself. It's the land next to the ball field. There was a, there's a levy that the city has put up over the last couple decades. There has been uh, maintenance on a pipe that runs through it. They've kept the grass cut, you know, 
three or four times a year on it. It's a lot of maintenance. There's no benefit. They're not going to make it a city park. They've decided that they're not going to do that. Uh, and so, um, it, you know, it's a donation they received again many years ago. But the on ma- the land glide, I sent you. I, it, it, that's where it is. Somewhere in that area. Yeah, somewhere. You know, basically, uh, I think it's where well, that tree. You know, where those those trees are across from the houses that go up. What right. is that? green tea something anyway across from that it's that ditch with the trees hey can we if we're gonna start having some memories on the utw podcast do you remember when mr dale did the sound of the traffic yes. on 55 yes. that's got to be a top 10 moment yeah <laughs> 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 he wanted those barrier mr. walls mr bellflower uh, wanted the the walls yeah, in the, the barrier the, walls the yeah. barrier walls which you and i were like hey who's gonna pay for it but man the the sound bite of that was amazing and yeah i'll tell you something if, if you build a house right there, you were going to hear oh, that traffic. You, yeah, you would have voted for Del A lot of wrecks happen right there. I mean, again, this is just uh, this is adjacent to the wonderful DFDC sponsor, DeSoto yes, Family Dental right. Care. Uh, a lot of wrecks happen right there above them. I don't know if you ever noticed that. It is crazy. I guess it's off of the Hernando exit as you're going north where that little like railing is that they put up because mm-hmm. there's been so many wrecks right. where you could fall off into the, the DFTC building. So yeah, good luck uh, with a lot of wrecks and police cars and stuff just, just above your head. Yeah, right of there. course. And again, uh, I, I just wanted to go down the – if we're going to start our, our memory segments <laughs> uh, for the next two shows, uh, when Mr. Dale did the uh, NASCAR sound, that was going to top ten. Yeah, so the mayor asked if the city wanted to declare it surplus so they could look to sell it. A motion was made and it passed unanimously, so now it has been declared surplus, and they will decide the best time to go ahead and list that uh, for sale. And uh, Matt, that was again my last autumn meeting that I will I will as be a covering uh, as a job uh, as uh, I guess a reporter. A, a Let's reporter. Call a reporter. Uh, again, please <laughs> find me on the street if you want to know anything. I do still plan on watching uh, by monthly. And uh, so, uh, Alderman, if I see you, I still will have comments probably. Right, because the coverage is very, very good. The YouTube channel does a great job. Simply go to YouTube, Hernando, what is it, Hernando, Mississippi, government or uh, something like that? CityofHernando.org. That's right. City of Hernando, it's going to be right. Yeah. So it's right there, City of Hernando on YouTube. It's going to be able to see it. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen. It'll be the last time I say this. Board of Aldermen, City Mayor, all the people that have to be there the first and third Tuesday, City Attorney, whom we know, City Engineer, who we know, thank you for serving the city um, a couple times a month, and we really appreciate what you guys do. Yeah, Derek, so your last time as a reporter. So now as a concerned citizen, you pay attention to the uh, Alderman meeting, and uh, as we all should. Yeah. We should care about what's going on in the city, and we want to continue to encourage. Well, something else we should care about, Derek, is literacy for our kids. You have served on the board for the public library for a number of years and have all have always kind of kept up or kept me up to speed on all the different things that the library does and something they're going to be doing this summer that maybe our, our podcast listeners might be interested in. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the 14 branches of the First Regional Library are finishing the final preparations for their annual summer reading program. And library officials are anticipating a very busy summer. The summer reading program runs June 1st through July 31st, so the entire months of June and July. Now, their goal for the summer program is to encourage everyone to read every day. Again, everyone to read every day. Uh, It's kind of pushed toward children, but this is also a great, great motto for adults. Anyone of all ages, any age, and it's to do join this summer is to read every day. Once you tell a library staff member that you're up to the challenge, you may then select a new book for participating in the summer reading challenge. So this is something, I mean, we've all grown up with this. I know it had it in my hometown. Matt, I'm sure it had it in your hometown. The library always has some type of summer reading program. You do get to go there, tell them that you promise to read a book every day. You can pick out a free book. Your child can pick out a free book. I usually have like a, a, they'll hand you a sheet of paper with June on one side of a calendar, July on the other side, and it will list every activity for every day of the summer. Wonderful thing, you know, to go inside when it's hot. They'll have a lot of stuff inside. I think, you know, sometimes they've had ice cream events before. They've had firemen come to do like spraying the water hose before so just a really cool thing library does a great great job and and, you know i I do sit on the board so i want to full disclosure for the uh, first regional library and every year since the uh since the pandemic uh the, the summer program has just you know grown by leaps and bounds we're expecting another you know increase for the third year in a row this year so just i'm really excited it's, it's the one of the biggest things i love reading all the comments that come in from all of the areas especially from the ones in DeSoto county uh, the ones that i serve so again just please try to look for that and uh go ahead and take your child starting uh june 1st to get on the summer reading program get them their book and get them started uh having a great summer of reading you can learn more about this on the public library facebook page yeah the, it's first regional library yeah org first regional library.org okay first regional library.org as you mentioned 14 locations across north mississippi um we have a wonderful library here in the city of fernando if your child is fifth grade and younger uh you know you definitely can benefit from a number of different things here at the library it's a 
you know, during the summer, it's a free air conditioned place to yeah. go, whether they whether you're there for five minutes or 15 or an hour for your kids to kind of look around and do some stuff. Um, you know, we need activities like that. So great job by the first regional public library. And Derek, as we turn our attention to uh, our next sponsor, I think the issue, what it is, is maybe, maybe the app, the Waze app, when people type in best dentist near me, hmm. the Waze app may cause the wreck because of the FDC. Oh, you know what? That's probably right. That could be because Waze they is They realize mess. they missed the exit. They missed the <laughs> they exit. They missed the exit. Yep. They're like, oh, there's the best dentist near me. Yep. There he is right there. And that's what causes a wreck on 55. Uh, could be. I mean, that easily. Absolutely agree. Absolutely yeah, that agree. easily could be because when I type in or when I think of best dentist near me, these guys pop up. That's it. The official dentist of the UTW podcast, our longtime sponsor, a wonderful business in town, a supportive, quality, good people business, DeSoto Family Dental Care. They have been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. As we mentioned for the last two years, the official dentist of the UTW podcast, wonderful people. Don't just take our word for it. Give them a call. Put them to the test. 662-429-5239. Let's turn our attention to our UTW podcast shout outs. An opportunity to talk about nonprofits, things that we can do a little bit better job, bringing a light this weekend, the largest weekend in the entire city. You better not be parked. A-Fair this weekend, Derek. Tell us about the A-Fair coming up. So the A-Fair will be this Saturday, May 20th. Um, it will be starting uh, the events, the booths, the moon bounces, all that stuff for the children. We'll be starting about 9 o'clock on the square. Uh, it will be going from 9 a.m. usually to about 4 or 5 p.m. Some you know some shut down early. Hopefully some people sell out there, but to leave early. But just a wonderful, wonderful time on the square. It looks to be an absolutely beautiful weekend. I think the temperatures, you know, it's been hot at the beginning of the week. We joked about it. Some, that summer felt like it was here. But the cold front has come through, and I think 77 is the high for Sunday, oh, Saturday. Wow. So that's going to be fantastic. Just so Chamber of Commerce weather uh, for the Optimus Club. This is their main fundraiser of the year. Allows them to do so many wonderful things in the city. There will be booths, vendors, Food trucks, which again will be allowed because it's a nonprofit. Uh, there will be moon bounces. Uh, you'll have all kind of thing up and down, uh, all the way down Commerce to Elm Street, uh, all the way around the square. The Arts Council will have a booth set up for them, so just north of 51. So just a wonderful, wonderful time. Again, last couple of years they've averaged about 10,000 people. It'll be a great day to come out. So if you're anywhere around Hernando, please come out, come see it, support the local vendors. Uh, the Farmers Market, we'll talk about that in just a minute, will yep. not be open. Not uh, but, open this um, week. Not be open this weekend, but Everything else will be replaced by many wonderful booths. So please come out this Saturday, 9 a.m. to about 4 or 5 p.m. that afternoon to support uh, the largest weekend or the largest, uh, I guess, event uh, in Hernando annually. Wonderful weekend this coming Saturday, May 20th. Hope we have another record year right here for the A-Fair. Then, Derek, as we begin to wind down the UTW podcast, let's go ahead and tell them all about the month of June. It's back, the Sunset on the Square summertime series, concert series. So excited. The uh, the Chamber of Commerce and the city do a wonderful job there. And once again, there's going to be five Thursdays this coming up June. So five opportunities to go out. Man, if you can catch 77, 80 degrees on that oh, yeah. Thursday night, that's a lot of fun. Sunset on the Square, great job by the city. Back here coming up the five Thursdays in the month of June. Shout out to all the men and women that do a really good job of that. But we'll have more information next week about that. But look for the City of Fernando. Look on their website. Actually, go on their app. Don't forget about the City of Fernando app and the, that does such, such a good job. And the Chamber website also. Yeah, so Chamber website, the City app does a wonderful job about upcoming events. Speaking of upcoming events, the Soto Arts Council, first Friday back porch party. Derek, the first Friday of June, what we got? Yeah, so Matt, let's think about this. First Thursday, June 1st, 7 to 9 p.m. The very next night, June 2nd, is the second uh, first Friday back porch party. This, there will be, um, this is a wonderful, wonderful event. Again, they had it in March, kicked it off. We'll have another event. So back-to-back nights, 
starting at seven, exact same time period, uh, 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursday for the city, 7 to 9 p.m. on Friday for the Arts Council. Back-to-back nights of music. Uh, of you know, The city will have, again, food trucks. They'll have vendors out there selling things uh, at the uh, Sunset on the Square. And then, of course, uh, the Arts Council will have uh, free food, pick up food. They'll have t- uh, free tickets for uh, members. They get your first ticket free for a drink. Uh, there'll also be tickets, I mean, uh, drinks that you can purchase there. So just a wonderful, wonderful weekend to start off your June, your Absolutely. summer uh, coming back. Matt, I also want to say a thank you uh, to the Arts Council as part of this. Um, they are repainting and relettering all the white monolith street markers in and around town. Okay. This is a project that uh, they picked up, and I'll say we picked up because this is another board that I sit on, but uh, that we the, picked up. Real quick, the little three-and-a-half-foot-tall stone monuments yeah. all around the town. All around town. There's 60 of them. There's wow, 60 okay. of them. They were the original street markers for the city Great. back in the 1940s when they first really started doing those. Uh, and so they, they've been around now for 80-plus uh, years. They have to be touched up from time to time every decade or so. So the Arts Council took it on. They're painting them white. And they, all 60 of them have to be hand-painted hmm. on all four sides. Obviously, right. two for one street, two for another. Uh, on all four sides. And that's being done by Suzanne Cox, who's done, who's giving her time. I think she's getting paid like $25 per pole uh, to be able to do this. So you could just painstakingly using calligraphy to do the road, uh, to do the markers. Uh, all 60 of them she's been basically doing over the last couple of weeks. It'll take, obviously, several weeks to do that. But I want to say thank you for her and thank you to the Arts Council for taking that on, for paying for it, for getting that done. Oh, wow. What a great thing, Derek. Didn't know anything about that. Thank you to them. I, I'm, I'm going to say uh, the first 55 that she does are going to look amazing. Those last, <laughs> she's just going to give up on the last five. <laughs> those last five. I mean, she's she's just – we're spray painting those. I mean, come on now. <laughs> we're stenciling those things. That is funny. I'd like to see the last five if they're as good as the first five. So, anyway, but thank you to Suzanne for doing that. What a good uh, opportunity for her to, to uh, give her talents yeah. and, and, and just, you know, th- so thank you to that. You mentioned just a second ago, Derek, the farmer's market will be taking this week off. However – Every Saturday from May 1st through the end of October, we're so glad to be back sponsoring and having an opportunity to talk about the farmer's market every Saturday morning, 8 to 1. That's 8 to 1 Saturday morning. They take the Hernando Square and make it into what I feel like is the best by far farmer's market in the Mid-South. Gia Matheny and her her team work so hard to make this a uh, statewide as I've said numerous times, they have been recognized statewide, award-winning farmer's market. Eight to one every Saturday morning. Get out and support the Hernando Farmer's Market from May 1st through the end of October. You and I had an opportunity to see Gia and visit with her about a few different things. Um, her passion for the city of Hernando is infectious. Yes. It, she loves Hernando. She loves uh, what it stands for. She loves all the different things. Uh, as I just mentioned uh, a second ago, Derek, I'm excited about some things without a microphone in our face, some things that we get an opportunity maybe to say and, and venture and ask a few questions about. So really looking forward to that. But support Hernando Farmers Market every Saturday, May 1st through the end of October. Glad to be back working with them for this short time. Taking off this Saturday, back next Saturday for, I'm sure, another wonderful weekend. We want to wish you a wonderful 2023 season from the UTW Podcast. Speaking of seasons, Derek, sports seasons are winding down for the teams we cover. We've talked about graduation, all those things. Congratulations to those kids. So let's say congratulations to North Point, Lewisburg, no Hernando sports remaining. What you got? All right, we'll start with North Point baseball. And North Point, since our last show, was coming off a disappointing 3-2 loss in the final of the regionals, meaning that they had to play the opening round of sub-state. They were also coming off graduation for six senior starters on Saturday, meaning the game would have to be played on a Sunday. They welcomed Clarksville Academy to South Haven on Mother's Day, Sunday afternoon, and looked to extend their season on the hottest day of the year so far. North Point jumped out to a 3-0 lead, only to see it tied 3-3 in the top of the fourth. North Point gets four runs in the bottom of the fifth off of back-to-back home runs by Rob Hayes and Hudson Brown. And then Brown came in to close out the fourth inning and then end up finishing the game, only giving up one other run in the 7-4 victory. North Point moves on to play a best-of-three series against the two-seed in the East, Providence Academy, out of Johnson City, Tennessee. That is an eight-hour drive to the Virginia border for the Trojans. The winner of that series that starts Wednesday, so it's starting uh, actually as we're taping right now, will advance to the Final Four in Murfreesboro next week. Game run will be today, going on right as again right now, uh, and then Game Two will follow at 6 p.m. Eastern. A Game Three will be Thursday morning if necessary. So good luck, Trojans. I won't have the results to you in the morning for the two. Uh, North Point may already be eliminated. They might be advancing, but we will cover that on our last show next week. Now moving to Lewisburg softball. 
Lewisburg was coming off an emotional three-game series win over rival Hernando with each game decided in the seventh inning with two walk-offs. They then faced off against South Panola in the North Half Finals, the team that won Hernando's division. In the first game, Lewisburg asserted their dominance in Batesville, winning the game 9-3 off of the pitching of Casey Raggett and 12 hits by the Lady Patriots. Game two was Saturday in Lewisburg, where the Lady Patriots looked to punch their ticket to the state finals, but it was not meant to be on that day. It was South Panola's turn to lock up the Lewisburg bats with a decisive 8-0 win over the Lady Patriots. That forced a game three winner-take-all to the state finals on Monday night in Batesville. On Monday, Lewisburg jumped out to a 2-1 lead, heading into the bottom of the fourth, where South Panola gets three runs to take a 5-2 lead. That lead is extended to 7-2 in the fifth, but Lewisburg fights back to get two in the sixth to pull back within three. However, they are not able to get any more across in the last inning and lose 7-4 to come one game short of the state finals. This is the furthest that a Lewisburg softball team has ever made it in the playoffs, and they will look to build on this next year. But can we say, Lewisburg, this is the farthest they've ever made it because they're always knocked out by Hernando. Yep. And here comes South Panola. South Panola out of, out of nowhere. nowhere. To go to the state championship. Oh, and get by the way, got to go to Hasburg. So. Yeah, got to go to Hasburg. <laughs> That's uh, a requirement. And they, they'll be uh, playing Northwest Rankin uh, is who they're playing in the finals. So, in to, so a north, a northern team, a tip of the tip of the state north, mm-hmm. middle of the state team has to go to Hasburg. Both have to go to Hasburg. We've gripped about it for three yeah, years. Yeah, it should be maybe no in Oxford, maybe it Grenada. Should, it should be in Oxford one year. Southern Miss the next. Back and forth, back and forth. It's not hard. Yep. Shame on them for doing that. So, uh, Congratulations. Again, Lady, yeah, Lady Patriots, great season. We enjoyed covering you. Obviously, a historical season for y'all. Uh, and, and we enjoyed covering you here at the UTW Podcast. And, again, we won't be covering here on you for next year, but we will be pulling for you. <laughs> uh, or Hernando, one of y'all, to make it. Good luck. To both make it to the North Finals and make it to the state next year. Uh, uh, well, now that Sal Panola is a juggernaut, I mean, what in the world? Maybe it was like a one-year one, one year NIL I don't thing. Know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I've never heard of them <laughs> playing softball, and here they out come. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I mean, we've talked about Hernando having what we thought was an easy district for years, which they probably did. Yeah. Here comes Sal Panola to the state title. State wow. title. Like one year in the playoffs and now state title. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, finally, Lewisburg baseball. Lewisburg held a one nothing lead in the third round of the playoffs over Oxford and headed to Oxford on Thursday night to try and sweep the series and head to the North Half Finals. The game was a struggle throughout for both teams, and Lewisburg was down 3-1 to one heading into the seventh inning. However, Lewisburg gets two runs over the plate to tie it 3-3 and for everyone to then get to experience some free baseball. In the bottom of the eighth, Oxford walks it off with a single to get the 4-3 victory and force a game three. That would be held Saturday back in Lewisburg at the same time that the game two softball game was going on, so they're playing basically right next to each other. Lewisburg got one in the first and two in the second to take a 3-0 lead, and they got one more in the fourth. The Chargers finally broke through in the sixth, getting three runs across on two runs that were walked in, and Lewisburg held the slim 4-3 lead going into the seventh inning. Oxford would not mount anything in the top of the seventh, and Lewisburg closes out the series and moves on to the North Half Finals. In the North Half Finals, they they would face off against everyone's favorite Germantown Mavericks, who defeated DeSoto Central to advance on their side of the bracket. The first game of that series took place Tuesday night in Madison, and Lewisburg was ready to play with three pitchers, Gunnar Gilmore, Preston Howell, and Gage Haley, combining for a no-hitter, and Haley also leading at the plate, going two-for-four with a home run and three RBIs to give the Patriots all the offense they would need. A huge win for the Patriots, and now they will come back to Lewisburg on Thursday night tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, to try and close it out and to get to the state championship game next week. A third game would be back in Germantown if necessary. So if you're a Patriot fan or a fan of DeSoto County baseball and you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, be in the Berg tonight to cheer on the Patriots. Good luck tonight. The hardest game to win is the closeout game. So good luck with that. That's pretty tremendous that on both dirt sports, I mean softball and baseball, Lewisburg, is within one one way or the other. They're within one game of the state titles in North Mississippi. That's that's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's it's, pretty that's that's impressive. That's a, yeah. Just absolutely. I mean, they they can play they can play some ball over there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and Matt, that is it. So we'll uh, pay attention. I'll tell you what, Matt. Let me uh, let me do this real quick uh, while you're gathering your notes to uh, close out this next to the last, this penultimate penultimate show for the UCW podcast. <laughs> Whatever that word is. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull up uh, the North Point score right now. Let me. I'm going to kind of give you where we are right now. Uh, they're playing the Providence Academy Varsity Knights uh, on do they game. Call changer. themselves the Varsity Knights. 
that well, I think that's okay, probably the same gotcha. as the varsity team. Providence Academy Knights. Right now, Providence Academy. Oh no, Matt! It is one to nothing. Providence top of the seventh. Oh, man. North points last at bat. Wait, is this the first game or second? This game? first game. First, first game. game. Wow. So there will be one uh, thirty minutes after this one okay. ends. Interesting. So right now it is one nothing Providence. The Trojans are down to the last two outs. What an absolute. Masterful pitching performance by both teams right now with a one nothing uh, one nothing game. Man, I'd rather I'd rather lose in a blowout. Just oh, I just, no, dude, I can't. Let's even go. Talk about you it, know, man. maybe not a run rule. You, you know what? Run rule. If we're going to lose, lose in a run rule and move on. Now, I, I, I'm so glad you said that. I'm about to share my personal story. Here we go. Oh, you're sharing a personal I, look, story. Okay, go. I thought we were almost done. Almost okay. done. Here <laughs> we go. So this is this is um this is South State. This is South State. 1993. That's my senior we're year. We're going back 30 years. Going, going back 30 back. years. My senior year, baseball. Wait, is this your 30th anniversary? It will be this summer. It, yes, wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 30th, uh, 30th graduation class. class reunion. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 30th class reunion this summer. Are you going? Uh, yeah. I'm just okay. waiting for a date. I'm looking, I'm looking for. A <laughs> oh, date. you're letting everybody else take care <laughs> just, of it. Just let you know. I was not a class officer. Uh, I'm just okay. waiting for a date. I see. I see. Um, so anyway, so we're playing it, and we we were playing Stringer, uh, who was our basically kind of like our Germantown Mavericks. That was our rival. I'm just saying, I was our annual rival but stringer was the one that you know we faced every year trying or who's yeah, going to win this game lot, basically yes. to go so we're in south state playing stringer they've got two kids already signed with southern there they have the better baseball players um we have but we had a real good pitcher um jeff gambury and he's on the mound first game matt it's one nothing fifth inning it starts raining uh the game is having to be called because of rain Every other school that was in the South, it was a huge front that came through. Every other school that played that night took their game to the next day to finish that first game before they played game two. Okay. Our coach said, no, no, give them the one nothing victory. A coach said that? Our head coach said that. I have no idea why that happened. So one nothing. So now we're down one nothing on a one nothing loss. We then in the played, five innings. In five innings. Then, so we, two days later, we traveled to Stringer. That was, in, that was in Natchez. Two days later, we traveled to Stringer. The same pitcher – so he's already thrown five innings. Same pitcher, Jeff Gambray, throws that game. So two, on two days rest, he comes, throws, goes all seven innings. We went eight to three. Okay. So easy. now it's a 1-1 split. Right, sure, yeah. We now go to the game three, neutral site on a Saturday. That's how they used to do it was a neutral site. Neutral site on a Saturday. And we, like, all we had left, we had another pitcher who had, had – his arm was hurt. He couldn't go. So we're down to a freshman pitcher who, as a senior, would be dominant. As a freshman, right. all he had was a fastball. Matt, and back to what you were saying, we lost sixteen to nothing. Oh yeah, we just got run ruled, and they were like, you know, congratulate. Of course, they the next the next week they won state. I was upset because of that one nothing victory. Could we have scratched out two more runs? Had Jeff rest, take the loss at Stringer, come back and play them sure. again at the neutral site with Jeff again? Maybe, Maybe we so. will never know. But uh, that I lost. I looked at it, it was like, yeah, we, we were done. But I mean, I we kind of knew it going into the game. Yeah, we, we like this freshman, a great kid, just didn't have it. I mean, I, you know, but um, that's the way you want to lose to, to not go. <laughs> I mean, look, let's get back on the bus. Let's be done in an hour and a half, if, yeah. if, especially if you're far away. Like if you have to drive home all night, all that kind of stuff, hey, man, just go ahead and run real big. If we're gonna, don't, don't let me lose six to five in nine innings, seven hours from North Point, yeah. and plan on driving back. Oh, that's miserable. I mean, so that was uh, my closest. I was I, I sniffed a ring because we, if we'd have won that, we'd have beat. I mean, it, yeah. that winner of that game was a state championship. I need to send a message. To, I need to, I need to go back and find it if I could. I don't know what I did on Instagram or whatever, but they showed a girl hit a ball, drive the run in from third. She didn't run to first. Oh, she no, ran no, forks, no, dude. No. She ran thirty feet. No, stopped, no. took her helmet off, and celebrated. No. The ball comes in from the outfield. Touch first base. Touch first base. And they lost. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. What yeah, a world. Got to run it out. Got to run it gotta, through. Got to run it out. Got to run it out. Hey, we finished the UTW podcast the same way every week. We want to encourage everyone to attend a local church this weekend. Uh, local churches throughout Hernando, South Haven, uh, DeSoto County. Um, please look on people's Facebook pages or even on a lot of signs across town. They'll tell you what time the worship services are. And whatever church that is, we want to invite you to join that. Uh, Derek and I attend Hernando Methodist Church. We will be a 9 o'clock table service, which is more of a contemporary service. Then we have an 845 and a 1055 traditional service in the sanctuary. So we'd love to have you and host you at Hernando Methodist Church this coming weekend. Derek, what we got on the agenda for your Sunday school class this week? Losing your keys. Losing your keys. Okay. That's it. So that's I'd, I'd hate about. to. Let's see. I have. <laughs> Matt, that's something well, you do on. once a day. I, well, I have 40 cars now, and I lose my keys. This this will be an opportunity. Every time you look at your lose your keys, think about God. I would be thinking about. I might turn into a monk. 
<laughs> I might turn into a monk. I lose my keys. Five sets of keys a day constantly. I have to track down. Just constantly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you did that when you just had one your car. I did. I did. Your I, car. I, I joked around with some friends the other day. They gave me a hard time about losing keys, and I was like, wait a minute. I have so much to keep up with, and they quickly reminded me. It's like, you did that when you only had one car. I was exactly. like, shut up. So, exactly. right so now we'll, we'll talk about that and uh, just, again, everyday events that happen that we all do that that you know kind of apply to our life where we can find uh, you know find God in that or, or find a way to apply something by using that uh, for God. So anyway, that's what we'll be doing. I will say this, Matt, it may be postponed a week uh, because we also are, the primary reason for this Sunday, there are two families uh, that are leaving our class. They're moving out of town. Uh, they're moving out of town. And so, um, you know, we're, we're telling them goodbye, wishing sure. them good luck. Uh, one is moving to uh, North West Arkansas. Another one is moving. The other one is moving to Birmingham. So we're going to wish them goodbye. So that may take up most of the class. We're going to have like brunch food for them. So if we don't actually get into the lesson, it'll be postponed to uh, the Memorial Day weekend. But uh, again, that that will be that will be the discussion if we have it. But more than likely, we'll be loving on them and, and telling them that we've enjoyed having them in the class and to uh, just wish them luck. Sounds good, Derek. I mean, uh, you know. People coming to uh, Hernando and people. I, I, there's a gentleman that uh, rented a van for me just the other day, moving some furniture. Uh, his wife is, uh, you know, taking a job down, I think, on the coast, and um, they're going to give it six months and see what goes on from there. Yeah. So that just tells you the wonder. I mean, we we live in a town where people want to come to, but uh, you know, the winds of change blow, and they just do, and that's kind of what. You know, you, what you and I have been talking about for the last hour. So uh, I've enjoyed the last two and a half years. We'll talk more about that next week as we talk about some of our favorite memories, maybe some of our favorite guests, different things that we've done over the UTW podcast, what we're maybe most proud of. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be sure and do that. So, look, if you enjoy our show, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, give us a five-star review. simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you enjoy our show, you'll enjoy OB Pod. They release a show very early Monday mornings covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also, deep dive into Center Hill, Olive Branch, and Lewisburg Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Derek, not many times left to say this. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. See you back next week on the final weekly episode of the UTW Podcast. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next week under the water tower. One, two, three and to the folks. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G-Bang, baby. Too low death, make us so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake.